What's up, Yankee fans? We are back with another episode of Yankee Crazy Podcast. And there's a lot to talk about in Yankee land. We are in the second half of the season. Yankees not playing the way they did at the beginning of the season. And we're going to dive into that. So I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. Like I said in the intro, Yankees not playing great right now. Started off the season. Oh, start actually started off the season okay. And then just went on a tear. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. They had the best record in baseball. They looked unstoppable. And then it hasn't been so great. Over the last 37 games, Yankees are 18 and 19. 18 and 19. After that start, it's, it is not good. And there was one point that everybody started talking about where the Yankees were with, I forget how many wins it was, if you want to go back and do the math. And it was basically saying they could play 500 baseball from that point on and still win 100 games. And it was kind of laughable. It was kind of a joke, like, oh, well, they're not going to do that. They're, they're amazing. This team is, is just loaded and ready to go straight to the World Series. But now it's looking, I don't know, it's looking ominous now. They are, uh, you know, this is coming to fruition, this 500 baseball. And like I said, over these 37 games, it's actually less. They lost last night to the St. Louis Cardinals. And what's going to be interesting this weekend is Jordan Montgomery is starting today's game. Yankees traded him for Harrison Bader, who is St. Louis center fielder, and he's on the IL. I don't really love a (laughs) trade. I don't love trades when you get a returning player who's on the IL. It just is like, you you want that immediate impact. And Jordan Montgomery, over the past couple of years, showed a lot of promise. But he just couldn't take it to that next level. Anyway, we're going to have to get into all the trades too. But let's let's start on the, the positives of this season. Aaron Judge, phenomenal. He is playing phenomenal. Has got to be the leader in the MVP. I know Shohei Otani is doing amazing things like he did last year between the pitching and his offense. But I really like when people start to focus on winning teams. I I never liked it uh, when you had players who were in last place teams winning the MVP and I understand you can make a case for that. Like A-Rod in, what, 2002, 2003, when he was with the Rangers and won the MVP, and his stats were just off the chart. It was just incredible. So I get it, but I feel like you should have a winning record to be the MVP. And Otani playing on the Angels, not a winning team, (laughs) not a winning record. And Aaron Judge has been so important to this team. And you look at his numbers and they're just, they're incredible. I don't even know. I can't even remember how many home runs he's up to. What is it, Mario? What is he got? 43 home runs? Just incredible, incredible, incredible. And, you know, early on the pitching staff looked incredible. You had Nestor Cortez playing, uh, you know, pitching phenomenal. It was like, you know, he worked on this... uh, what do you work on? The, the, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on it. Not, not the, the cutter. That's it. He's working on the cutter last year and I guess into the off season. And that pitch has really made him much more effective. Although I think teams are starting to figure him out. He's still gritting things out and is a good starter, but Nothing like he was early on in the year. But, you know, who knows? Maybe that form can come back. Maybe he can start figuring some things out. Nestor has been very solid. 
Garrett Cole, on the other hand, uh, you know, up and down, not really loving what Garrett Cole has done with his time in pinstripes. And everybody wants to say, oh, he's an ace, he's an ace, he's an ace. I don't see him as an ace. An ace does not give up four home runs to the Seattle Mariners this week. And granted, you know, Mariners have a decent team. They're trying to be a playoff contender. But come on. No ace should give up four home runs in one inning to any team. He's more, at this point, he's more like a number three starter in uh, this rotation. Although the rotation has come back down to earth. Jamison Tyone, who was amazing, amazing start. He's come back down to earth. Unfortunately, Sevy is injured. Shoulder injury. Uh, he's having shoulder issues. I believe that is what it is. I can't even remember. He's supposedly trying to make a comeback for September. And, you know, you keep your fingers crossed, but that's no guarantee. Sevy, if if he did, let's say if, if he were to come back and be rested and hopefully have no more health issues, he could be like a great late season addition to this roster. And if he can, you know, be pitching well, uh, he gives you a great arm in the playoffs. But Frankie Montas, Yankees traded for him, shipped out Jordan Montgomery like we were talking about. Got to see what he's doing. Over when, since he came back, he actually had a little bit of a shoulder issue. And then I believe the five games that he came back and pitched for Oakland, he had a Great ERA. It was like a 1.5 ERA over four games. So you got to hope he comes in and gives some life to this starting rotation. Domingo Herman, uh, he showed a little bit of promise the last time I saw him pitch versus the Mets. But, you know, can you trust him? Uh, can you trust this guy to do anything for you? Not really. So... I know we were going on the positives, but we went on to the starting pitchers. Let's see some other. Let's go around the the horn and look at some of the brighter spots on this catcher. Crazy how the season started out where, you, you know, Yankees make the trade for Josh Donaldson, um, IKF, and I can't even remember the guy's name. Rorschach. <laughs> I can't even pronounce the dude's name. It's like an R and then a V and a T and a D, all this stuff. But, you know, comes over and everyone's like, oh, this guy's, you know, they talk about this whole framing, framing, framing. And he was supposed to be good. Not a lot of uh, experience. I think he, like, last year might have been his, his first year in the majors. And then he gets a knee injury and is out. And then I think while he's been injured with that, something else happened. So he kind of disappeared. Yankees go to the Rangers, and they get Jose Trevino, who has been fantastic. Made the All-Star game. Love him. Has had some really big clutch hits. Good defensive catcher. The big part of that was getting rid of Gary Sanchez. Thank, 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 thank the heavens. Gary Sanchez is no longer with the Yankees. Uh, you know, the only downside to that was taking on Josh Donaldson's contract, which he's owed. You know, I've seen different things, but I believe it's he was getting $21 million this year. He's got another $21 million, And then there's, I think, I don't know if it's a $6 million buyout from that or something like that. But kind of stuck with him. Read a little bit that Cashman was trying to unload him at the trade deadline, but couldn't do it. But I got to say, last night... Josh Donaldson, two hits, and the other at-bat I saw of his hit the ball well. Uh, right fielder on the Cardinals made a really nice catch on him, but maybe he's going to start learning to hit again. <laughs> I don't know. I really hope so, but let's go back to catcher. Higgy, Higgy's average is like uh, really low. One, it's like, I can't, I haven't checked it recently. 166. Trevino seemed to be getting them, uh, more playing time than him. Uh, still like him. I would still take his 166 average over Gary Sanchez any day, any day. Gary Sanchez just, you know, if you look back, he lost games for the Yankees. 
people want to like look at his offense and I think he's not even playing that well this year you know low average maybe he's got some homers I haven't checked in a while but thank god he's gone could not take him behind the plate for another season I would have I would have gone even crazier than I usually do (laughs) first base Anthony Rizzo He has been a great addition for this team. Great leadership, great defense. I believe he's got, does he have 26 homers at this point? Uh, I went on, (laughs) our friend Rob Carbone, I went on his show and we did predictions. And I hate to say it, it was an over-under of 15 home runs for Rizzo. And I said under. I thought he would have a solid offensive season but I didn't see him hitting that many home runs uh by the all-star break and I was like oh man (laughs) my predictions are so bad but Rizzo playing amazing DJ getting some reps at first base as well but Rizzo's your number one uh first baseman second base DJ, love DJ in that position DJ is great because he's so versatile and can move around the infield But I like him at second base. And, you know, he started off well, slumped a little bit, and has made a nice comeback offensively. I haven't checked his average, but I believe last I checked, he was creeping up by, he might have even gone into the 280s. And he seems to be hitting the way he was two years ago. And if you listen to this show, you know I love DJ. DJ is just, he's the man. Love love him. Love DJ. Want to see him do well. Want to see all the Yankees do well, but, you know, (laughs) there's some guys who just have not been performing well and got to get on them. One in particular was Joey Gallo, who we'll get to. Other second baseman, Glaber. Uh, Glaber, you know, seemed to be not playing well, and then I had a post at one point joking that all of a sudden Glaber started hitting well. He had a couple of game, a couple of walk-off hits, and I was kidding around that his wife said to him, you better start playing well. (laughs) I don't want to move to Kansas City, (laughs) that the Yankees would ship him out, but he started playing really well, uh, then started slumping, You know, recently they've had him batting cleanup, which I'm like, wow, you're putting Glaber cleanup. But I I still don't understand a lot of these Yankee lineups. It's it's head-scratching to me sometimes. Shortstop, IKF, Isaiah Kiner-Falafa. A lot of question marks when he came on to the team with that trade. A lot of people angry about it, said Yankees got taken by Minnesota because then Minnesota went out and signed Carlos Correa, which a lot of people wanted. And IKF has been really steady. You know, he first came on and was not playing well. And a lot of people were, you know, really upset and angry. Didn't want to give him any uh, time to settle in. And then he did. He settled in. He's at about 270 average. Guy has come up with some really big hits. He definitely gives some balance to this order, as I, I'm stealing that from Rob, who said who said to me uh, when he came on the team, he said, you know, IKF is going to be good for this order because of that balance, hitting singles. And he's been right. IKF has really, really come through in some major ways for the Yankees this season. Uh, You know, defensively, he can make some really spectacular plays. Sometimes there's a couple of, he's had a couple of errors over the past like month. And I've kind of been like, oh man, he should have had that. So little, little apprehensive uh, about him being the, the, the great gold glover that they, that he was, which he won in Texas, but that was at third base. So shortstop, a little bit different, but he is solid. I will give him that. But come playoff time, which this team at this rate looks like it's limping. It's going to limp into the playoffs. He needs to be top of his game. No errors. He's got to be a vacuum there because playoff time, you give another team an opportunity and it, it usually comes back to haunt you. 
Third base, Josh Donaldson, like I talked about, he's hitting the ball a little bit better now. Let's hope uh, whatever adjustments he's making are working. Defensively, he's been great. He has been a great defender at third base, except for <laughs> that one game. Oh, who were they playing where he came up with the error? Uh, they, it could have been a game-ending double play, but he drops the ball trying to get it out of his glove. And whoever it was at Cleveland goes on to win that game. Uh, that, that one hurt. That really stung. And uh, that was a play you got to make. But overall, very good defensively. And the offense, let's hope that he's going to hit. And when he came on, he had that, he had the Yankee Stadium. Uh, was, that, was that opening day? That he had the walk off, that was that was fantastic. You you know he he does something like that early in the season, and you're like all fired up, all stoked about him. You know the whole early on in the season. Uh, you know my brother talking about it, Rob talking about it. That he's going to bring this fire, and he's going to be the asshole of the team, which you know the the Yankees could use. They need they need a little bit of that of these ornery guys and. Um, you know, he had that run-in with Tim Anderson, which that still is ridiculous, that whole thing. If you remember, Tim Anderson, I guess, had called him. I don't know. I don't guess. I know because I went back and read it. He called himself the new Jackie Robinson, which I think is, you know, ridiculous for him to even call himself uh, the new Jackie Robinson. He should not even compare himself to Jackie Robinson in any ways. What Jackie Robinson went through to break into the MLB and, uh, you know, threatened, family threatened, like, uh, Tim Anderson, don't, don't call yourself that, number one. You, you don't even compare to Jackie Robinson. And then it became a whole racial thing when Josh Donaldson supposedly has been teasing him about this over the past couple of years, like teasing in a, in a funny way. I guess Tim Anderson didn't take it in a funny way and called him Jackie. And got, what did Donaldson get? Two-game suspension. And a lot of people went against uh, Donaldson because I think they had to do the PC thing and say, oh, well, yeah, you can't kid around about that. It's racial. It wasn't racial. It was not racial in my opinion. So let's go. I'm going to get too heated on that one. So let's get past that one. <laughs> anyway, let's hope Josh Donaldson continues his, his good hitting uh, and get that average up on base percentage, etc. All those, all those stats, <laughs> all those analytics I don't even know half of. Outfield, Judge leading the way. Guy has been... Such a clutch performer. How many walk-offs? Like three walk-off home runs this season. Uh, you know, maybe even another walk-off in there. Just he's he's been doing incredibly. Been playing a lot of center field, shifting him over. Uh Aaron Hicks has just been uh, you know, he's been Aaron Hicks. He's had some bright spots here and there, and you think he's gonna get it together, but I've never liked that Hicks deal. You've pro if you've listened to the show, you know that when they they signed him for that seven year, seventy million dollar contract, I just I, I thought it was terrible. Thought it was terrible. And at the trade deadline, read an article that Yankees were trying to dump him. Obviously, that did not work because he is still there. Would have been great. Would have been great to get rid of him. Joey Gallo. <laughs> Joey Gallo was over, I think it was 501 at-bats as a Yankee from last year and this year. Worst statistics of anyone who's put on a Yankee uniform and had that many at-bats or in that span. I don't even know what exactly it was, but wow. Horrendous. I feel bad for the guy. He seems like a really nice guy. And felt bad for him during this whole thing. Was hoping he would turn it around. You like you kind of expected it. You're like, okay, this can't go on forever. It went on forever. And the thing that really bothered me was days before or the week before he the trade deadline, he's doing 
articles, he's doing interviews and going this whole woe is me attitude like, oh, the fans aren't nice to me. He said, he goes, they make me feel like shit. Uh, there was a direct quote from him. And it's like, dude, come on. You know, the booze are warranted. And I just saw an art, um, just saw an interview with Michael Kay and he said pretty much the same thing. He's like, you can't have this, like, turn it around like, oh, they're being mean to me. You deserve to be booed. And it was a little shameful to me that the Yankees kept running him out there. They should have, I don't know, but... Uh, kept the guy out of the lineup for a week or something or longer, you know, it would be like two days at a time, three days at a time, but man, they kept running him out, kept running him out. And it just never worked. It just never worked. Yankees shipped him off to the Dodgers, supposedly got a pitcher in the, the Dodgers farm system who was 15th overall comes to the Yankees. I guess he moves up to 10th overall, but you know, me and Rob talk about this all the time uh, recently about prospects. There's no guarantee. He actually did a breakdown of how many prospects, the top five Yankees prospects over the past like 10 years who actually made it. And I think it was like six. So you look at the odds and this brought up us talking about shipping off everybody who who was everybody who was needed of prospects to go out and get Juan Soto was really hoping the Yankees were going to pull the trigger on the Juan Soto deal. Uh, instead, they get Andrew Benintendi. I like that. Uh, you know, uh, on paper it was looking really good. Benintendi right now he got his first hit last night as a Yankee, and he's been here for what is it a week? He had an infield hit. Uh, I think on Sunday. Let's hope he puts it together. The guy came over here batting three twenty. Um, you know, no like very great stats on the lead, like how little he strikes out, gets walks. Uh, great defender. He's got to put it together because if you went for the Benintendi option and they gave up. They didn't give up too many from what I can recall on that one. Like it seemed it seemed like none of the really top prospects that they talk about, like uh Peraza and Volpe, Dominguez, and you're only getting him for a half season. This is probably why. Royals were like, we gotta dump we you know, we gotta get rid of him and get some value out of him. But this is it for him. So if he wants to get a good contract next year and possibly even you know sign with the Yankees, we'll 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 see what happens. He's got to start hitting. He has got to start hitting. We'll see. We'll see. We can only hope. But Soto goes to the Padres. First game, he's on base three times. Like it's gonna it's gonna really hurt me if the Padres go on to win the World Series and and Juan Soto is the MVP. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna really really cry. But elsewhere in the outfield, um, guy who came over, you know, been playing all over the place, Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter sitting on his couch in Texas gets the call and becomes a New York Yankee, and he's had some great success. He, you know, came in, had, you know, how many home runs did he have over that first span? Uh, I don't even know. He's, I think he's up to like 15 home runs and with limited at-bats. Really seems like a great clubhouse guy. And one of the best stories is he came over and he goes, I guess he goes in to meet Aaron, um, Aaron, I almost said Aaron Judge, Aaron Boone. And he says to him, I'll do anything. He goes, I'll, I'll put the bags on the planes if you guys want that. <laughs> Gotta love that. Gotta really love that. And, um, you know, Matty Mustache, he's got that <laughs> got that, that big mustache after having a beard, uh, shaves it for the Yankees. And just love it. Hope he has more success. Hope he can stay consistent 
uh, especially during this stretch run for the Yankees. So another guy we have not touched upon, he hasn't been playing, he's been on the IL, is Giancarlo Stanton. He has been pretty solid, made the all-star game. Uh, has What did he hurt? He's on the IL for, uh, is it Achilles? Something like that. I, I, I think that's what it is. That's a li- that's very problematic because the guy is a playoff performer. And someone was talking, I think maybe it was John Boy and Jake were talking about how the regular season <laughs> to um, to Giancarlo Stanton is just like a warm-up. And he's just a playoff performer. And they gave his stats. And, you know, if you remember last year's playoffs, guy was monster. Monster. So we need him for the playoffs. Uh, You know, Achilles, I think it is his right Achilles and him as a righty batter. You you know, you get a lot of... um, Achilles are are tough. You you know, and for batting, it is very essential. You get a lot of... You know, you got to, like, turn on, on that. You got to get a lot of torque on that so I'm like man I think he I don't know if they put him extended him I know it was 10 days that was I don't know that was like last Thursday so have not gotten an uh, gotten an update on that but fingers crossed that he can come back and be strong so did we cover everybody? Oh, Marwin Gonzalez. Marwin Gonzalez, when I have seen him in there, has been a pretty good utility guy. Uh, I'd have to really check his numbers from just watching games and seeing him play. It's been like, oh, you know, pretty, pretty solid uh, guy in there. So that's what's going on with the state of the Yankees. And they've got to turn it around, though. They have this series in St. Louis. And St. Louis is, I think they're just over 500. You've got to beat these guys. This is, this is just, it's unacceptable. You got to, they got to turn this around. And I don't know, you know, you know, Aaron Boone isn't going to contribute to this turnaround. He, some of his decisions that he makes are a little uh, sketchy, but something's got to give here. They, uh, Toronto Blue Jays are creeping up. They are now only 10 and a half games back. I think I checked last night and I'm not sure if all the scores were in. It's, it is not looking good. It was, you know, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, it was 14 games ahead. This is, this is getting a little scary because we're at the beginning of August. You've got two months left. Trade deadline though. Yankees, like we talked about, shipped off Gallo, got Benintendi, get Frankie Montas from the A's, as well as their reliever, Trevino. I didn't don't know much about this guy. Uh, I was on vacation this week. Didn't get to see uh, really any Yankee games this week. Not even sure if he pitched this week. But a lot of people like him. Say he is a um, is a good pitcher, and he was closing. I think he was closing for the A's. So, gotta hope that he comes over here and provides some relief because Michael King goes down. Michael King has been fantastic. Yankees trade with the Cubs to get Scott Efros. Efros, I have not heard his name, but that just happened while I was away too, and he supposedly has some. Like magic pitch, and uh, you know, you look at his stats, and they are very comparable to Michael King. Some people think maybe even a, a little bit better. And finally, like I talked about, Yankees ship off Jordan Montgomery and get Harrison Bader, who's from Bronxville, New York, one town over from my mom. My brother lived in Bronxville too, so. Um, Local guy who grew up a Yankee fan. He is in a walking boot with, how do you say this, plantar fasciitis or something like that. I I probably botched that. But anyway, supposedly a great defender. Um, We'll see. We'll see if he comes in and, you know, I think he was batting 256 over there. Uh, I, I 
looked at his stats really quickly. But on paper, looks good. Uh, I think he won a gold glove, too. I think he won a gold glove last year, maybe. If he can come back and be better than Aaron Hicks, which I think almost anybody could be better than Aaron Hicks, that looks like a really good outfield. Judge and right, Bader and center, Benintendi and left. That's that's a really, really solid outfield. I don't know how his arm is, uh, but hopefully he's got at least a above average arm. Other people we haven't spoken about, Clay Holmes, he was an all-star. Comes back, though, a little bit shaky. Uh, he blew that game, was it last Sunday? Uh, against Kansas City. Man, that was that was a tough one. That was a tough one. He comes in, Yankees up one. He just it did not look good. Aroldis Chapman, ay ay ay, they they are bringing him back. You know, he looked good. You know, he looked horrible this season. Went on the IL, came back, looked even more horrible. <laughs> then he had a, a clean inning last week, and then now he's getting more important innings and uh, is looking bad. I, I actually didn't see it, but I think he gave up the two runs uh, yesterday against the Cards. I, I might be wrong because I, I had switched off the game at that point. But whew, Chapman, I wish they would have shipped him out, but uh, he needs to stay in the lower uh, leverage situations, uh, keep him in in the sixth. If there's nobody on base, I just don't trust the guy anymore. Lucas Lickie, he has been he's been up and down, uh probably more up. I'd have to look at his stats, but again, just look watching games. He has been pretty solid for the Yankees. And who else is in that bullpen? I'm probably missing some people. Um you know, one of the guys I was just you know, got traded to, I think he went in the Montas deal was JP Sears. I liked him. Guy uh seemed pretty solid when he's been up this year. Clark Schmidt. Clark Schmidt has been stretched out at uh, AAA as a starter. I would have rather seen him get a shot instead of Herman. But he is now in the pen. And who else is there? Am I missing somebody else? Oh, Miguel Castro, who uh, has been not consistent. He's on the IL right now. Uh, and who was, oh, Chad Green went down this year. Another guy who has been, I don't know, in recent years up and down, but he is gone. Um, you know, they say Zach Britton might come back by the end of the season, but, you know, Zach Britton was going downhill even before he got injured last season. So don't really think that he can become, uh, the effective guy that he used to be, but we'll see. We'll see. I think that's everybody. Did we cover everybody, Mario? You want to go down the roster? Um, could have been a couple of guys who have come up and down for the Yankees, like um, Tim LaCastro. He's come up and really contributed nothing. <laughs> uh, except the dive. He had to dive early in the year. I think he I think he was on the roster like within the first two weeks. And there was a Yankees.com had a picture of him um, like full Superman diving into third. That's that's what he's contributed, a really good picture <laughs> this season. But that's been it. That has been it. So there's the state of the Yankees, according to me. And we are going to take a quick break and come back. And guess what? <laughs> that's right. That's right. It is going to be the triumphant return of the Mario 5. Stay tuned. And we're back. We are going to momentarily get to the Mario 5, which I'll explain for any new viewers who might be joining us. But it's a lot of like miscellaneous Yankee stuff, a lot of miscellaneous odds and ends. And one of them is the ESPN documentary, The Captain. And oh man. If you are a Yankee fan, you have got to, got to, got to, got to, got to watch this. It is incredible. The captain, obviously, uh, if you've heard of anything, um, you know, who's been known as the captain over 
the past, what, 20, what is it, 25 years? I don't even know when he was named. But Derek Jeter, of course, Derek Jeter, the captain. That is his nickname, Captain Clutch. It is incredible. And I got to say this. So I wanted to see it. I was, uh, you know, it was about, I don't know, three episodes had been released already. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to watch this. So whatever night it was, I'm like, I got to catch up. I said it to my wife, Suzanne, I go, I got to catch up on the Jeter documentary. And she's like, what's what's the Jeter documentary? I'm like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, explain a little bit about her. And she's like, I want to see this. And I'm like, oh, hold on. Wow. You want to watch this? I'm like, she was a Jeter fan. So I am stoked. And I'm like, wow, how uh, did I win the wife lottery or or what? Uh, you know, beautiful, smart, creative. She is a great cook. Uh, so many others. She's a great mom. There's so many other uh, characteristics that make her incredible. But then I'm like, wow, she wants to watch The Captain too? Oh my goodness. And she got super into it as I did as well. And, you know, it was really funny because she was like, we got home, we were on vacation this past week and we got home and she's like, when are we going to watch the next Captain episode? (laughs) I'm like, yes. So stoked. Incredible. So, the documentary is incredible. I got to say, you you have got to watch this. If you are listening to this, I will let you pause it and go watch it and get caught up with the Captain. It is really amazing. And you know, it's, you know, Derek Jeter uncovered in a way. Like, he is open. He's talking about all this stuff for once. And I I won't even go into details because I want everyone to catch up and watch it. But it is just, man, it's incredible. Uh, you know, episodes end and I'm like, that's it? <laughs> Meanwhile, it's an hour. You, you just want it to keep going on and on and on and on. Really... Really, I, I'm just blown away by it. I, I've got, you know, we just watched the fifth episode and there's only seven. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh no, there's only two more episodes left. I'm going crazy. But we will probably watch the sixth today. And then next week is the seventh. Wow, it's just, I, you know, this guy, I believe it's the same guy who did the Michael Jordan uh, documentary, The Last Dance, which was really incredible too. But, you know, obviously, Yankees, Jeter, uh, I'm all about it. So go check it out. It really is incredible. And um, that's it. (laughs) That's it on the Jeter doc. I want to talk about it, but I I really don't want to give things away. And uh, I know if I start talking about it, I'll give too much away. And if if you're like me, you know, some movies, I don't even want to see movie previews because I I, I don't want to know what happens. I don't want to know anything about it. I just want to watch it and be surprised by it. So go watch it. Hopefully be surprised by it. You probably heard a lot of talk about it. It's awesome. Anything else? Let's see. Anything else we got to talk about? Miscellaneous Yankee stuff? Um, Mario, anything else? I probably should have written a list down, but uh, we have a new person on our staff, actually. It is, he's an insider. Um, with the Yankees, and he does analytics. His name is Leslie. That's right, Leslie. And he is one of the undercover analytics, uh, as they say, uh, Gary Sheffield's son, Gary Sheffield Jr., uh, named it the analytics geeks in khaki shorts. That's Leslie. And Leslie contacts me and gives me some stats here and there. So if you follow us, follow us on any social media, um, if I post anything, it's uh, analytic wise, it's probably from Leslie. So he's kind of our inside man uh, at the Yankees and does a lot with the lineups. Found out that Aaron Boone does not set the lineups. He has a little bit of input, but Leslie and his crew are really doing it. It's all behind the scenes. So um, if you listen, I don't like analytics, but I, you know, get some info and then I'm like, oh, okay, maybe maybe there's a point to that. Maybe I could see it even though I'm really not an analytics guy. But anyway, that's that's another guy. Maybe we'll get him on the show one of these days. Uh, there was one other thing. What did I, 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 I just 
It's gone. It's fleeting. I don't know what it is before we get to the Mario 5. And if you're just joining us, Mario, our producer, gives me five words. I've never seen these words before. And I have to relate it back to the Yankees in some way. And um, that's the game. So should we just should we just get into it? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Mario, the first word, please. Oh, and also, it kind of gives away. gives away basically for me to talk about crazy, nonsensical things <laughs> that are Yankee-related. And I usually go off on a tangent. We'll see what happens today. It's been a while. All right. First word, bubble. Bubble. Well, think of uh, bubble, bubble gum. One of the greatest bubble gums in the world. And it's funny, I just saw it away and I, I should have bought it and I did not. Big League Chew. Oh my goodness. Big League Chew is like my childhood. I, you know, we'd play wiffle ball and you have the pack. If, 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 you're, if you're listening to this and you don't know what Big League Chew is, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, go Google it and see. It was like, well, it's kind of funny. It was like try, trying to train kids to uh, eventually uh, chew tobacco, I think, <laughs> maybe. But it was a pack, like a tobacco pack that you ripped open and it was shredded bubble gum. And you grabbed it like it was chewing tobacco and you put it in your mouth like you were in the big leagues. Back in the 70s, everybody uh, chewed tobacco, or at least a lot of guys did. I loved it. And number one. It's it's really cool to do. You'd keep it in your back pocket playing wiffle ball and you take it out and you'd like put it in your cheek like a big chaw like like um who Sparky Lyle back in the 70s Sparky Lyle was was big on that really um pitcher for the Yankees had that big chaw in there um and it just felt really cool. And the bonus was the gum was actually really great. The gum is amazing. Should have bought it, man. Anyway, they uh, so that well We'll go on a tangent there. So wiffle ball, man, we had a wiffle ball court in Nurshell, and we it was at the this basketball court, this basketball court in Sycamore Sycamore Park, and it was this sil it had silver fence on one side, so you had this softball field, and then it went like went up this little hill to this basketball court, and it was this silver fence. I don't know if I talked about this ever before, but. We called it the big silver monster. And you were batting on the other side and right by the basketball hoop that had the pole going down. And it would be, you know, we could, you sometimes we could play one-on-one, -on -one, sometimes we do two-on-two -two, and had all these like foul lines and it was amazing. But if you hit it over the silver, the big silver monster, it was a home run and it was tower. You know, this fence was, you know, it was trying to protect people from the softball field. So it was, man, had to be, let's see, at least 18 feet. It, as a kid, it probably felt like, you know, 50 feet high. I'm, I know it wasn't that, but it was big. You had to, you had to really yank a ball up in the air to get it out. And it was amazing. 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 My brother was uh, actually drove by it. And I think, I think the picture, I can't remember looking at all these pictures of, of there. And I think they took the fence down. They might've taken the whole basketball court down. But anyway, when we played, I was Greg Nettles, of course, my favorite Yankee of all time. So I'd have, I'd have the big league chew. I'd be Nettles. I wouldn't bat lefty though. I, I, I did not bat lefty. Later on, I kind of learned how to that lefty in wiffle ball. Uh, but there you go. I would be, you know, Nettles. I would be the whole Yankees lineup back in the day. Nettles, Munson, Randolph, Chambliss, Bucky Dent, Mickey Rivers, Oscar Gambrell, you know, just that, that was the, that would, man, that was the teams, those teams in the seventies, oh, 77, 78. Incredible. But there you go. We got there. That's the first one. That is the that is the first one. That is the, <laughs> there's the example of how you play the game. And you could do it at home. See what you think. All right, Mario, the next word, please. Guide. Guide. Oh my 
goodness, guide, like a guide dog. Um, go well, dog, guide dog and dog. Um, Garrett Cole had that quote about a Yankees comeback and it said something like, you know, everybody in that room, they got that dog in them. And um, that became a quote. I think I think people were trying to have Rotoware make a T-shirt of that. Rotoware likes to like to take all this Yankee stuff and turn it into shirts. <clears throat> um, but um, which you know, Rotoware. You know, I'm I'm gonna go off on a tangent here. This is something I want to talk about with the captain. But Rotoware um, did a shirt for friend of the show Brian Hoke who covers the Yankees for MLB. And that, make, that makes me think of... <laughs> that makes me think of watching the, the Captain documentary and watching it with Susanna. And it made me look... Um, <laughs> made me look kind of, kind of important. <laughs> kind of like a big deal. Not really. I'm kidding around. But we're watching it and they start interviewing Jack Curry. And I, and I go to Susanna. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I interviewed that guy. <laughs> trying to look like a big shot. And then they put on a media director, not the player, crazy uh, that they had the same name, but Rick Cerrone, who was the media director for the Yankees and started in 96. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I had that guy on my show. And she's like, really? <laughs> then who else did they show? They showed, um, well, I know they, sh- and they showed Brian Hoke. And I'm like, oh, I interviewed that guy. <laughs> was it one more? I'm trying to think. Who else in our lineup? So if you haven't listened to uh, any back episodes, go listen to that. We interviewed Brian Hoke, Jack Curry, and Rick Cerrone. So, you know, I felt like a big deal watching the captain. <laughs> I actually spoke to these guys and got them on the show. So they go, well, we got to it, right? We got to it with Guide and Guide Dog and, and Garrett Cole's um, uh, quote. I, I wish Garrett Cole had that dog in him. You know, this year, you know, he starts out the season – Opening day, he has a whole hissy fit. That's right. I said hissy fit. <laughs> About Billy Crystal throwing out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium. And it, and it took him like, it was like an eight-minute delay or something like that. And after the, the, the game, Garrett Cole's all like mad. Oh, and oh my goodness. And, you know, David Cohn, if you listen to him on Yankee Broadcast, talks about... Um, pitchers being, um, you know, being creatures of habit and all this and... Dude, you got to be a little more flexible. Uh, you know, game starts eight minutes off and he's pissed off. And then, you know, he's pissed off about something else. And, oh, man, the guy is, he's a little bit of a baby. He, he's the $36 million baby. Maybe that becomes his nickname. Oh, man, it really irritates me. All right, Mario, before I go off on a tangent and angry at Garrett Cole, more. <laughs> the next word, please. Sand. Sand. Oh, well, this one. We were in Pismo Beach, California this past week, and we go down to see these sand dunes. And man, if you're ever in that area, go see these sand dunes because they are incredible. It's actually in Grover Beach, uh, California, right next to Pismo Beach. And the sand dunes, you feel like you are in another world. It's crazy. It feels like uh it feels like Star Wars when when they are on Tatooine and the and the droids are going in the sand. It it feels like you're in that scene. Sand as far as you can see. If if you're like right in the middle of it and it's kind of submerged down, you can't see anything. You think you're in the Sahara Desert. It's it is it is wild. But anyway, so we go down there to check it out. And I'm wearing my Yankee hat and you have to go through this RV camping site. And Susanna's asking the guy, this guy <clears throat> at the uh, front desk some questions about where we go, etc. And I'm wearing my Yankee hat. And he's like, he sees it. And I, I was coming from the car after her. And he goes, hey, go Yankees. And we're like, are you a fan? Turns out this guy, George, is from the Bronx. He, his father was born in the Bronx. Um, uh, father from the Bronx, and then he was li- living in the Bronx and became a Yankee fan, told us some really cool stories about growing up and how his uh, he'd have one day a year where he'd stay home from school and watch the Yankee game with his dad. And it was awesome. We started talking Yankees, and it was really funny because um, 
there, uh, there was another woman there and uh, we're, me and me and George are talking Yankees and Susanna goes, oh, this guy, like uh, to me, she says, he thinks every, he watches every game like it's a, a game in the World Series. And uh, we, me and George looked at each other, we're like, because it kind of is, every game matters. <laughs> it was really funny. And we could have sat there and talked forever, but we did go and see the sand dunes and, and me and my son Jackson were jumping off them. It was it was really spectacular. You should definitely go. And if you go, you could stop in at this office and see George and talk baseball with him. Um, we got to follow each other on Twitter. He is, if you want to go check him out, uh, Pismo Coast Pinstripes. I think that's it. But really cool guy. Great meeting him. On that trip, we also met some people from Rochester, New York, who were big Yankee fans. Um, Mark and Martha should, I didn't, I didn't even, we didn't get to connect with them and, and tell them about the podcast, but if for some crazy reason <laughs> they were to hear it, um, shout out to them. Super cool people, big time Yankee fans. Wow. That was a good one. Mario. That was a good one to do the sand. He, I don't think you even knew that we went there, but no, I'm sure you didn't. Good one. Good one. No matter what. We're on the same wavelength there. That was a nice, easy one and got me to talk about um, my new buddy, George. Okay. Mario, the next word, please. Absorb. Absorb. Wow. Absorb. Wow, that's a tough one, dude. My goodness. Absorb. Well, for, I, I don't know. I started thinking about powder. How um, powder, because I probably because we were at the beach, and you know how... Powder. When I was a kid, you put you put powder if you want to get sand off your feet, and you were at the beach um, to like get your socks and sneakers on. You put baby powder. This is my mom. Uh, this was this was her trick. Um, I don't know how well it's known. It could be universal, but I, I'm going to give credit to mom on this one. Um, who I got to say again, you know, uh, the, we'll go off a little. We'll go on a little bit offbeat here, but. I was thinking about, and I tweeted it out, two things, two things hysterical that she came up with. And I've said it before on the podcast, but it's, it's just, it's sensational. Um, her nickname for our oldest Chapman is Drippy because he sweats so much. And if you watch the game in Baltimore, oh my goodness, Chapman was, it, it was like someone submerged his hat in a bucket of water and he put it on. The sweat coming down from Drippy's hat was just the drippiest ever. And I crack up with that nickname because it's so fitting. Um, although now, you know, drip is drip is like cool. Like if you have drip, you got, you know, uh, it, it's a good thing, not, not a bad thing being called drippy. Oh, uh, but it's bad for him. Um, in a way, I guess. I go, I don't know. I sweat a lot too. So <laughs> someone might call me drippy something. But, um, Funny, really funny thing. Um, anyway, absorb. So, you know, powder absorbs, um, absorbs uh, 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 water. So I could say, well, water made me think of drippy. Can we get there with that way? I could go another way. Um, you know, I was, just, I was just thinking about like that whole sand and powder process and how like usually have it on your ankles and we were at the beach and, you know, did not have powder with me. We're like, oh. I got to buy powder next time we're at the beach. Um, but watching the Jeter documentary, I said I didn't want to give things away, but they do go into the 2004 uh, playoffs against the Red Sox, which is, it's it's heart-wrenching. Uh, I, I, I had trouble watching it because I was actually at that bloody sock game with uh, against the Red Sox game six. Oh, man, and I didn't even know the bloody sock thing was going on. At the time, I had to read about it afterwards, and um, I guess I was just thinking of my like feet having sand with ankles, and made me think of Kurt Schilling and his supposed bloody sock. And oh man, that's that's Yankees up. I don't even want to get into it, but it, it might be good therapy for me. Yankees up three games to none, and they end up losing that series. It's it's <laughs> it makes you want to cry. I gotta I gotta black it out again. Oh my goodness, but. There you go. That's absorb. So there's a tip for you. And unless people know this and it's universal, bring baby powder with you to the beach to get the sand off of you. It really helps, I swear. All right. Mario, the next word, please. 
relief, relief. Well, relief pitchers. Yankees made all those deadline trades to solidify their bullpen. And you got to hope it works. Bullpens are huge come playoff time. And like I said, Yankees limping into the playoffs. I'll say it again. There's two months left. They got to step it up. Toronto is coming. Ten and a half games back. Toronto, Yankees are uh, over the last 10. Well, I told you what they are over the last 37, but the last 10, I think they're they four and six. Toronto came back down. And Toronto went on a stretch. I think it was last week. They were, I think, nine and one. So they made up a lot of games there when Yankees were like five and five. I think they were, I think Toronto was only f- six and four this week. I don't know. I'm getting those numbers mixed up. But Toronto has a good team. They have a really good team. And if they, if the Yankees collapse and don't win the East, they are going to be the laughing stocks of the whole league. So they better do something. Uh, you know, people got to start stepping up. You know, again, it comes down to the timely hitting, runners in scoring position, starting pitchers keeping you in the game, relievers doing their job. I'm getting I'm getting nervous. I am getting nervous. Really, really am. Um if this was I don't know. If this was like September, what are we at? September 6th, 7th? Well, we're at August 6th. If this was like September 6th, I'd be a little bit better. I'd be like, all right, let's, you know, obviously gotta step it up, but ten and a half games seem safe there, but you never know. You never know. There have been other teams who have collapsed, and I don't want to see that for these Yankees. You know, who, who knows? Maybe Frankie Montas all of a sudden steps in and becomes your number one, although I know that they will start Garrett Cole game one in the playoffs. Although I think he shouldn't. You know, me and Rob were uh, talking about this, saying uh, how we would have more, we, we feel more comfortable with Nestor Cortez because he at least is, you know, he grits things out. He's been a little bit more solid. Garrett Cole, he pitches great against bad teams. That's that's his thing, I, I swear. And I don't know if it's the whole spider tag thing, but I am I am nervous. I am very nervous. But one last thing I wanted to talk about, um, and this is this is something I go back and forth and talk about with my aunt Franny, um, and uh, I had a lot of texts with her and my uncle Tony uh, about players to get and 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 changes the Yankees should make. But one of the things we talk about <laughs> is how bad Carlos Beltran is. Um, also spoke to my my brother. We we text about that too. Um, it's it's kind of it's I don't know. Does anyone like Carlos Beltran? I don't know. We might have to put up a, a Twitter poll to to see. But man, he is bad. He is really bad. Like the Yankees. I don't I don't understand what makes you go out and get Carlos Beltran as an announcer. You you could get anybody else. Anybody else would do a better job. Cameron Maybin, he's he's okay. Uh, he at least does a better job than Beltron. That's not, not saying too much. Uh, I, I don't really. You know, Bel- Maybin is he's okay. Sometimes I hear him, I'm like, oh, okay, he's 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 getting better. And then other times I'm just like, ugh, he he bothers me. But <sighs> Carlos Beltron, oh my goodness, he's he's just he is just annoying. Uh, he is Captain Obvious. And it's just, it's bad. You know, yes, if they keep him a second year, I'm going to be like, yes, network, what are you doing? What are you doing? It is really bad, but that's it. That's it, guys. We are done with the show. Hope you enjoyed it. It it has been a little bit since we have come on. Hopefully we entertained you. Oh, and go follow us on Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, got a Facebook page, and funny story, my son Jackson, he does his, um, he posts a lot of videos of him playing video games, especially a, a VR game called Gorilla Tag, and he's on TikTok, he's got like 3,000 followers on TikTok, 
And he's like, I want to create a TikTok account for you. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I'm not going to do my, my other business, my, my real business. I'm like, well, why don't you make me, why don't, you, why don't you do a Yankee Crazy podcast on TikTok and maybe I can do some rants on there and uh, I'm going to pay him a dollar uh, for a video. I guess we're going to have to try and get some, um, uh, some videos from, um, I don't know, online of the Yankees and have him. He does these crazy edits uh, for his games. And, um, it's really cool. He's really cool. He's, he's, he's becoming a, a really good, really great video editor. So go find him. He is, uh, Jax, I think it's underscore VR. So it's J A X X X underscore VR. And we are now on there as Yankee crazy podcast. So go find us on there. We haven't posted anything. I think today's going to be our, our first day of posting something. I'll probably, give a rant about maybe something I, I talked about on today's show. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Got a lot of ideas. But that's it, guys. Uh, Yankees play the Cardinals. Jordan Montgomery. Um, I don't know. Is that an early game or an afternoon game? I'm not sure. It, it might have even been going on right now. But Oh, but there's a, an hour from, from East Coast time. So it could be maybe a, let's see, one ago. Maybe it's a 2 o'clock game hour difference, right, for St. Louis from East Coast. I don't know. But anyway, that's it, guys. Let's hope the Yankees turn things around and start playing their world beater baseball like they were. All right. That is all. Hopefully we'll see you again soon here on the podcast. And as we always sign off, let's go Yankees.